gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute, he knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Fingers half-elf, he shifts his shape and wields his spear with great pride. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest, they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Spelt Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the Barbarian Abdul Aziz. Hello, everybody. Playing Ving, the Half Elf Druid, Paul Offers. Hey there. And playing Fat Billy, the Halfling Thief, Jessica Ty. Hello. When last we left our heroes, they had infiltrated the world renowned and mysterious Margani Library. Ooh. The episode before that, and when last we left our heroes, (laughs) they had been infiltrating the infamous and world-renowned and mysterious Margani Library, attempting to capture a small worm (laughs) who was about to tell on them. These stakes are low. So wildly low. You guys were level 10 last season, (laughs) and you did that stuff you infiltrated the library you ving choked out an intern with sloth style um you found some books on cooking that you all insisted on taking well you suggested it and this one had a picture of a, a mushroom on it yeah that looked like a cock i mean he probably Tuck probably thinks most <laughs> mushrooms look like penises i mean yeah because they come in all shapes and sizes and he thinks they're all beautiful <laughs> to be fair they are penises yeah they are the penises of the earth that's true okay what else happened oh billy found a secret service ladder Man, he's good at stuff. Yeah. Behind shelves. Secret (laughs) corridor. A piece of the wall slid away, revealing a ladder on the fifth level that only Perel was able to use to get to the third level, where the thaumaturgical history and philosophy section is said to be. Tuck couldn't fit, so Ving and Billy stayed behind, and you did a little bit of infiltrating again, sneaking around, and stumbled upon a lecture upon the outer dark in the beings forces which inhabit it and the ways in which they inhabit the earth and a little crossover which was fun and a little crossover small brats small brats join the patreon to figure out what those characters are (laughs) yeah why you would give a shit at all (laughs) why you care about a bunch of 50 and 60 year olds with weird names yeah But that lecture was being given by whom you later discovered to be Farah Margani, master librarian, the mm-hmm. head of the Margani library, who asked you very sternly to follow her and led you into a small study room, breakout chamber, after which she uh, was basically saying, tell me why you're here or I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. And then Tuck remembered a thing which is rare for him <laughs> but he remembered that uh he met Ama Margani. yeah Faramagani said tell me why you're here or whoop your ass you'll say i've met Ama Margani, yeah the icon for the vessel of truth and a slave of the light guard mm-hmm. and she put a chair down in front of the door and said you have 10 minutes 
uh, <laughs> and we oh. cut back. At we the, cut back at the end of the ten minutes where we've been acting it out yeah. with like <laughs> explosions and using like chairs in the room as props yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Ving has cut a table in half to <laughs> symbolize the the purifier. <laughs> it's like slut. And he set the table on fire to be like, this is where the torch of McCall was standing. And it ends with you all throwing your hands in the air and panting. <laughs> and then clasping hands and <laughs> bowing. And bowing. Yeah. And that's how that's how we got here. <laughs> and that's why oh, so much cardio. Ten minutes long time. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Can't believe we pulled off that dance. <laughs> and that's why we have to be here in right now. Get the, to do some reading. So your friend this Perel is in the library right now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, that's going to be a problem for him. But he's a he's good. He's a good guy. He's a good mm. wizard guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. You're good guys. You guys are best friends already, basically. Yeah, we're good guys. We could be best friends. We're good. I will admit that I'm interested in the theory behind a wizard, for one, still walking this planet. Mm-hmm. Terribly interesting, and also losing his connection to the Thaumic realm. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, we should probably find him as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, so that we can all reunite and learn about, uh, help him read the books. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's a great idea, Billy. Yeah. I will be frank. In the past, when individuals such as yourselves have infil- infiltrated the hallowed halls of this institution... Please don't say was murdered. There have been some who have met their end at the hands of a librarian within these halls. And I would like you to explain to me why you three should not be one of those individuals. Billy puts up his hand right away. Yes, I'm Billy. nine. Ah, <laughs> yes. Okay. Why one of you two should not be one of those individuals. It, it, when he says that, we whisper to each other. like, now he's nine. Now he's not a thousand. All the other oh, times yeah. when you're trying to get him to go to bed, he's like, I am ageless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The immortal do not have bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older than all. He's like kicking so hard as we're trying to swaddle him. (laughs) I am as the seasons. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nine. Oh, now he's nine. I imagine last night's bedtime was really difficult. (laughs) Yes. It's because we had let him have baklava too late. Uh (laughs) Okay. She turns to you and she's not, I am not going to kill you. It has been many years since one has met their end in the library. Under my tenure, I prefer that blood not be shed in these halls. So I can promise that you will leave here alive. Whether on your feet or on your back depends upon your next sentence. You know what? Not our worst sentence. Not what I meant to say. (laughs) Not our worst sentence we've ever spoke. Yeah. She looks at her watch. Not the worst date I've ever been on. And I wink at her. (laughs) And then I start making my pecs do a little dance for her. She taps her wrist. I am like, this is the sentence. Was that the right sentence? (laughs) So you come here with these fascinating but outlandish stories. All true. And you expect me to believe you, but considering that no one has even attempted to roll anything, oh, I, shit. Am, I am reticent <laughs> okay. to believe you. 
<laughs> I think he's gonna sing a song to the to the nipple dance. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. So what, what's going on? What are you trying to do? You're basically are you trying to be like, hey, we just need a book and we're gonna get out of your hair, or what? We just, well, we just want to peruse the books. Yeah. And potentially borrow them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just we wanted to like kind of just be chill with what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. She is. She's basically like, uh, if it is true. That Amar Margani, my most revered, many great times grandfather and founder of this library, is alive and is the vessel of the icon of truth and a truth demon, as you have stated. I would very much like to have those chains broken. Mm -hmm. It might be unwise for the library to wage open war with the light guard. And if you three effective though foolish you seem we bow again (laughs) (laughs) you're madam my middle name is foolish (laughs) my middle name is madam (laughs) Uh, if you three were to agree to work on behalf of the library in an attempt to gain further information into the existence and servitude of Amma Margani, I would perhaps be willing to overlook your transgressions here today. Do you guys have benefits? For you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. What? But I have to go to the dentist. Well, the library cannot be seen to be directly aiding individuals that would be working against the light guard. I'm sure you understand. Sure, that makes sense. Do we get a per diem? It's five coins a day. <laughs> standard. <laughs> yeah, it's standard our fare. it's our standard rate. How is this rate not it's increased so far the last year? <laughs> no inflation, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year and a half, and you've always said uh, five coins, and you've gotten it once. Yeah, <laughs> and it's because you literally had to kick in a motel door. <laughs> yeah, so she basically says, "No, absolutely not. I'm not paying you. You can't stay here. I can't be seen to be in contact with you in the slightest." Well, then how will we know how to do our jobs? How will we get here? Ah, yes. No, I understand. We, we should have a method by which we are able to communicate. And she leans in her chair over to like the wall next to her where there's another one of those little bookworm holes uh-huh. and she taps on it and a little boop, 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 bookworm crawls out of the hole onto her finger <laughs> and uh, she holds it out in front of you and says, should we agree that you will do my work in the city? This will be how we communicate. How your messages are sent back to me. How is it going to walk fast enough? She whisp- She pulls it up to her mouth and whispers very quietly to it. And from around, like around its body, kind of unfurl <gasps> two very papery wings. Oh, beautiful. And it goes like... You're beautiful. Flies around the room and lands back on her finger and wraps the wings back up. Oh my God. Oh, you are yeah. so precious. What are those? These are bookworms. They've existed in this library for probably over a thousand years. Bookworms are, of course, sort of a nomenclature, but they're sort of a mixture between a caterpillar and a moth. They're incredibly intelligent, able to uh, weave quite incredible garments out of their silk and able to transmit information and collect information and codify information in a way that allows us to keep up with the organization of the library complex, though it may be. Ving asks, do you have a name? Oh, great bookworm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Beautiful yeah. to meet o- you. Oh, man. 
Oman. <laughs> Oman. Okay, yeah, Oman. <laughs> His name's Oman. Yeah. Oman. And you, it like it brings its its front two little tiny legs up, yeah. and you see it kind of bow. Oh, oh. Its tiny little legs. That's adorable. <laughs> we bow. Yeah, are we you, we all bow. Yeah. It's incredible that you're able to speak to these creatures. Wow, these are incredible creatures. He sticks and his finger out. And burp, burp, burp. Oman crawls over onto your hand. Beautiful. Now, please convince me. <laughs> yeah, do yeah, I no, have to roll these? You do. Days? No, you still have to roll. She's saying, here's all the things that might happen. Also, she's kind of saying, you're going to help me. Uh-huh. And maybe I'll help your friend. Okay. <laughs> maybe we're asking for reassurance or something. Yeah. Well, I just want... Yeah, I guess we're asking for access to the book that Perel needs. Yeah. And yeah. also for them to not kill Perel because they've certainly already caught him. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we cut to Perel being dragged through a hallway by two burly librarians. And his wraps wrapped around his neck. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's Perel saying? He's like, no, I love books. I'm, I'm here for the books. I love to, I've lived here forever for books. <laughs> it's dead weight. He just says, dead weight. And he goes limp. <laughs> and they keep dragging him. One of them's actually a guy that I wrote down. He's just like a really stocky dwarf. And he's just dragging Perel's <laughs> ass down a hallway. Um, okay, so Tuck's gonna roll charisma yeah. to try and like ingratiate us yeah. with everything that we've told her to help us. Yeah, and I guess this is a parlay. Yeah, she's like, yeah. "You'll help me, and I'll help you." Okay, cool. Or I won't help you, and you'll still help me. Or I'll throw you in a big, deep, dark hole somewhere. Yeah, okay. we were just in one. We're fine with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Fine, we love holes. Yeah, give us the deepest, darkest hole you got, lady. Yeah, deepest, darkest hole you got oh. is the name of a band that is blah blah blah. <laughs> wow, oh, I've never. You are not okay. Yeah. I've never seen Abdul's joke-telling style break down in his own <laughs> mouth wow. before. Uh, fuck, yeah. fucking fuck. Oh. Three, four. Plus uh, charisma. Plus charisma. Five, six. six. Oh! Uh, Billy. Billy, help. It's a... Plus bond. Still six. Oh, what? You only have one bond. Ooh, Wait. Ooh. Can we do an aid oh, to an we've aid? we've done this before. Aid to an aid to an aid. Because yeah. we were all doing this. Yeah, we have to gratiate, of course. Yeah. Okay, so 2d6 plus I've bonds. already bonded with Oman. There it is. Yes! Fuck. Okay. <laughs> I got a nine plus uh, my aid to Billy is a two, so 11. Okay, so, so that makes Billy's a a aid a seven. How is Billy aiding? Which makes, oh, Billy's oh. like, he's doing like the big baby eyes at her. Like, yeah. please, I'm just a little a poor boy. Nobody loves me. <laughs> just a poor boy from a poor, poor family. family. <laughs> <laughs> Spare him his life from this monstrosity. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> Will you let us go? Bismillah, no! <laughs> Will you not let us go? I'll let you go. <laughs> let us go! <laughs> never, never, never. So that's a seven, which means that she needs concrete assurance of your agreement right now. <sighs> we have that water journal for, that was written by Aquarium Perel oh. in them. Oh, as an addition to oh. it. Yeah. Bartering knowledge they don't have yeah. is genius. Okay, so Billy pulls out the old journal and he's like, okay, if you help us, I'll give you this book. It was written by three wizards and it's just like their notes and stuff. Hmm. And it's really important. And there's this is the original copy and there's only one and you can have it. Hmm. Only if... 
we can read all the magic books and you don't imprison us and you don't kill Perel and uh, you let us stay for a while <laughs> to read all the books. Yeah. Also lunch. We want also, lunch. Also, we're really hungry. We need lunch too. We uh, literally just ate potato salad. Yeah. I, it's just a tiny potato salad. <laughs> I'm sure you understand, Billy, that you are not offering me this book. You are giving me this book. I'm offering it she takes the book out of your hand she takes it right out of your hand no problem just when you try and pull back you're basically just being dragged across the floor (laughs) and she kind of picks it up and shakes you off like a like a like a little bug fine but i tore out a good chunk of it (laughs) i'm lying (laughs) if you want these pages yeah she flips through the book and she finds herself drawn into a few pages, really getting into this book, flipping a couple more pages. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Yes, it's fascinating. An original copy? One of the magicians upstairs is one of the magicians from this book. Sure are a lot of frog drawings in here. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's his work. Fascinating. I am willing to accept this book as a token of your servitude to me. I bow. And I would also be willing to <laughs> accept consultation on occasion by Perel. Is that the name of your friend? Yes. Yes, he would be honored. I would love a second set of eyes, one of the original authors to walk me through this text on some of the more complicated topics. And as part of our agreement, I will now release you into the custody of the library temporarily so that we may find your friend and you may peruse the thaumaturgic history and philosophy section. And the sandwiches. <laughs> and the sandwich section. <laughs> I'm sure we can find you something to eat, but you must understand yes. you are not yes. staying on the premises. Yes, we are. No, you're not. <laughs> you, you mentioned that you have an apartment in the upper ward. Yeah. That is where you will she, remain. She knows all about cash. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is where you will remain. You will not be staying on the premises. You are not librarians. You are merely deniable assets of a type. But we can come and go as we please. Absolutely not. That sounds what? great. Okay. <laughs> when you have information for me, you will speak to... Oman. Oman. The worm said its name was Oman, correct? And Oman will return to me, relay that information to the hive, and the hive will relay it to the librarians, and we will communicate that way. Cool. Now, let us go find your friend. She walks you out and through the sections of the library. She takes you up to the fourth floor, finds the room where Perel is being kept and interrogated almost. <laughs> or they're like getting ready to interrogate him. He's and spilling his guts. <laughs> okay, I'm a wizard. My friends are Tuck, Billy, and Ving. Tuck is huge. He's really dumb, though. That's his weakness. Ving is almost seven. He's really tall. He's really skinny. If you hit him in the leg, though, he's got a trick knee. <laughs> if you put Billy in a burlap sack, that would do it. <laughs> and we come around the corner. Yeah. Oh, hi, everybody. You'll never get a word out of me. <laughs> we heard you. Burlap sack. <laughs> I thought you, I thought you knew me better. <laughs> Burlap sack. I told you that in confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Farah comes in and puts puts her hand on the shoulder of the dwarf librarian, and says, "Burke, this man is to be released." He goes, oh, "Very well. I was just about ready to get it out of him. I was going to crack him like an egg." And Perel is like Perel's like sweating, staring at this guy. Like, looks like nobody's eggs are getting cracked today. <laughs> and he stands up and he brushes himself off and he picks up the fake mustache that fell off of his lip, slaps it back on his face, 
and says, I believe that I shall be going now. <laughs> <laughs> and I assume you just fill him in on the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we let him Great. know. Like, Farah said that we could go look at her magic books mm-hmm. as long as you helped her figure out what's going on with this notebook that you wrote in. And also, as long as we, I don't know, steal her dad back from the light guard? Yeah, uh, seems pretty simple. And... Burke, the dwarven librarian, looks at all of you, <laughs> and Farah's like, "I will, I'll fill you in. I should make it abundantly clear that Amam Margani is not my father." What was it, grandfather? Great, many times great. Oh. Amam Margani died or supposedly disappeared over a thousand years ago. Whoa! Wait, why? How old are you? I am a hundred and two years old. Whoa! What? Is she uh, human? Oh yeah. You what? Look, <laughs> she wow. looks seventy. How? She's 102. And she's a fucking snack for a 70 year old. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is she, I, uh, I don't know why Tuck's so sexually attracted to her. Physical prowess. That's all he cares yeah, about, I apparently. Guess, yeah. uh, she says, I exercise a lot. It shows. I, I eat well. I take care of my body. My body is a temple and a weapon. Huh. Cool. I can relate. Fist pump. Same. <laughs> And then I put my fist in there, too. And she, it's got a Twinkie in it. <laughs> Billy's clutching potato salad. Yeah. She smiles to herself and puts her hand in yeah. the fist bump. Now, I will allow you to go to the third level, to the Thaumaturgic History and Philosophy section, to find what you require. I will be expecting regular updates in the form of Oman returning to the library, but understand, if it is at all possible, I would like you to both locate and release Amma Margani from the service of the Light Guard. Okay. Okay. We'll do what we can. Yeah. I expect nothing less. Uh, okay. And she bows and she turns and starts walking down a corridor. Okay. Off to her work. Bye, Farah. Bye. Wow. What a head. What a head of the library. What a lady. Wow. What a woman. That was Perel. Okay. <laughs> Did she say she was a hundred and two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a hundred and ten, but like I'm magic. Yeah, and also you look like shit most I do. of the time. I look like I'm a hundred and thirty. Trust me. I mean, I should make it clear, but for a wizard, I have aged poorly. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in swamps. I know, yeah. That shit does not do good. It's very corrosive some yeah. of the time. I was 109 when I went into the box. Then I spent almost 100 years in the box. And now it's been about a year since I've come out. So, yeah, that makes sense. I'm 110, technically 210. So, I'm looking pretty slick for 210. God. I guess so. You're... Thank you. And he turns away. <laughs> he just starts walking. <laughs> nope. Thank you. You said I look good. You said I look good. Thank you. Everybody agrees. Goodbye. I turn to these guys and I'm like, I think being stuck in that box maybe is what made his skin so ashy. Oh, probably. He wasn't getting enough vitamin D. Yeah. It explains why his fashion sense is so out of date, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I mean, all that there is really left to do in the library right now is to go check out some books. Great. Sweet. When we get up to the third floor, can we all like spout lore about like some books we're flipping through? Fucking yeah, rad. totally. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, do, yeah, we'll yeah. do like a spout lore per person. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, you're at the you're on the third floor in the thaumaturgical history and philosophy section, mm-hmm. which is the whole chamber. That's what this is. It's all books on 
magical philosophy, theory, history. And Perel is like agape. He's so excited. He's like running his hands along the bookshelves, like running down the aisles, like Belle in Beauty and the Beast. He's having just a ball of a time. He's singing that song. I can't remember there the library. There must be more, more than, than this provincial, provincial life. life. Yeah. Just watch. I'm going, going to make Belle my wife. <laughs> there goes the baker with this tray like always. <laughs> the same old bread apples to stuff. He's like singing to himself. <laughs> But you've read it three times already. <laughs> he's doing all the voices. It's, uh, he's spitting and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is he's singing it all in his head. So when you see him, he's just silently spinning in a circle <laughs> with his arms outstretched. <laughs> uh, the ladder on rollers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Perel's going crazy in here. He's having so much fun. And you're all just kind of walking around grabbing books off shelves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the vibe is our parents took us to Sears and we have to kill time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody, I mean, what we're going to do is we'll go, I mean, I always do left to right. So we'll start with Abdul. Mm-hmm. Think of a topic and then spout lore. And if you get a partial success, you learn something interesting. And if you get a 10 plus, you can tell me how it is useful to you. So this is a magic theories Theory, history, practices, like uh, accounts of the lives of famous magicians. Warlocks. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, no. Mm. Yes. All right. So warlocks. 2d6 plus intelligence. Oh, fuck. Holy God. 12. Plus my intelligence is 12. Sick. Wow. Wow. How many spout lores has it been, has it been that you succeeded at? This is number two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, so tell me something interesting and useful about warlocks. Oh, I'm flipping through the book and there's like an accounting of like all references to warlocks in literature. Mm-hmm. Like it's like all the different times we've seen warlocks referenced in plays, poetry, music. And it's like organized by date like i'd kind of just flip to the first section which is labeled prehistory the first piece in there is the sea of graves poem from the end of season five Uh and like in between the wicked waves there is an ocean full of graves i'm not gonna read the whole thing yeah but the go to the end of season five if you want to hear that poem (laughs) jessica does an amazing reading of it thanks underneath it's like an annotation that it's like this is a children's nursery rhyme known the world over, like Principalities, McCall, Penusia, everyone knows this, implying that it is its origin is in the prehistory from like whatever event created the Sea of Graves. Mm-hmm. And then there's like uh like it indicates the line, a door beneath the ocean floor, it needs a lock and nothing more. Mm-hmm. It's like it does not make sense that to open a door you have to put a lock into it. The hypothesis is that because the poem has probably changed so much over time, that was originally referring to warlocks Mm -hmm. and that warlocks are the only people who can open the door beneath the ocean floor. Whoa. Mm -hmm. That's so sick. Which is most likely Lillian's tomb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Tuck having been there connects those dots. The only thing that I will, I think, because I think, yes, that is the reference is it means warlock. Like reading it and having been there and seen things and learned what you learned. The thing that you think about is that, yes, it's probably a warlock that would be required to open the door, but also probably a warlock that closed it in the first place. I thought Chimes closed it. 
Shaim said he helped build the tomb. Oh. So a warlock is the one who trapped Lillian here. He just said that he was part of the construction of the tomb. He didn't say who else was. Um, but the thing that you for sure are guessing is that Chimes knew or knows a warlock. Oh. And I think that it is, yeah, because I was saying that it doesn't mean this in uh, Earth languages, but I think the word warlock is a form of a word that means to bind or be bound. Oh, cool. Uh, so, like, that is what they're, they either bind, they're really good at binding things, mm-hmm. like demon, other demons, other warlocks, or they're, and it also considers the fact that they are bound by whatever icon they are inhabited by. Yeah. So you learn that uh, a warlock was involved in the construction of the tomb of Lillian and that Chimes probably knew them personally. Cool. Yeah. Sick. Cool. Is that is that useful information? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> it's useful in that it, pro- it probably will give some of our listeners a fucking hard on. <laughs> it's given me Listeners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I listen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Paul, what, uh, what book is v- Ving found? It's a book on when the sect of the Druids left the the magistry of magicians. Whoa. The history of the the division between the Druid magic and and um, Thalmic magic. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Roll it. Two d six plus uh, intelligence. Uh, I get to use wisdom because of my. That yes, you do. Move. Shit. Yeah. Oh, cool. thank God. <laughs> I got seven. Seven. Okay, so um, <clears throat> lay some world building on us. What? What? Ha- how did that happen? What did it do? But mm. you're not, unfortunately, going to get anything that's like actionable information. That's fine. I think it was that they, the Druids were tied to the land. And so they, they had more of a, a spiritual nature to that. And because that conflicted with magicians, they're more hands-on. They're mm-hmm. more construction and they're more like they build things with the magic and they do things with the magic with the spiritual uh, realm is is interacting with the spiritual realm yeah. is already there you're feeling the force mm-hmm. part of the flow so they were more part of that scene and like you don't have to be so destructive and the spiritual the magicians were way more destructive and you know uh part of that was uh part of the wars right like there was part of the way back when yeah right yeah totally I just had a eyes agape revelation. Yeah. Well, because something that we've revealed that we talked about in uh, Spout Lorigens for Cruel Runnings was that traditionally druids of the shape-shifting variety have been half-elves. But connecting dots that we have laid out, mm-hmm. considering Ving's mother, Ileana, was a shapeshifter and a human. Yeah. And now considering that you're reading this book, that's like, oh shit, druids and magicians were like connected. Either they work together or they're cut from the same cloth, but there was just like a philosophical division in how they worked their magic. I think Ving is asking himself some questions like, was my mom a fucking wizard? Well, everyone called her a witch. Yeah. And because, you know, of her, her potions and her, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And- shape-shifting i guess yeah because everything that you were taught was that it's only possible for druids to shape-shift if you have both human and elf blood and your mom never really got into why she could shape-shift but now that you're thinking about it she never really aged all that much when you were young Mm -hmm. your dad was afraid of her my dad Mm -hmm. was afraid very afraid 
And also now you're like, okay, well, why was I able to take so many forms? What's this spirit walker thing? Cause you're still trying to grapple with that. Like your totally. role is whatever this spirit walker is. The fact that you could take whatever form you chose to take. Yeah. I think that Ving is having some, like is trying not to do that thing where you're like, Oh my God. You know, like you kind of start spiraling with all the possibilities. Mm. Um, so yeah, that is something that I think Ving learns. That's pretty huge is druids and magicians kind of came from the same starting point but became very different over time. Oh, damn. Cool. Family mysteries. They're deep. He's going to take that to his counselor. <laughs> <laughs> he has a counselor as part of his work, I guess, because yeah. you work for the city. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a free employee program, though, so it's really only eight sessions. <laughs> <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying that. Oh, I'm going to take this back to my counselor. <laughs> only got a few sessions. But this is going to be really handy for... Mm, my counselor. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm ex- I'm excited by that revelation. Pretty sick. Okay, Jessica. That's, yeah, that's really cool. What book has Billy brought to someone to read to him? <laughs> um, well, Billy can't really read, so he went on a little wander mm. by himself, and he did spy a book that he could read. Oh, um, yeah, and it's in fairy language, like the ru- ancient runic language. Whoa, yeah. So he picks that up, and it's, like, really old. Super old. Fairy language is runes? Yeah, it's, like, ancient, like the most ancient runes. Okay. Yeah. That's why, like, Billy could kind of, like, some of it was he familiar to him. use the runes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is it slightly hieroglyphic? Um, they're more abstract and cruder, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, like penises and boobs? Uh, definitely. No. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I, imagine, I think about it like um, like cuneiform, right? Where it was just like, we have a triangular stick, we poke it into this clay, yeah. and that's how we make all our letters. And there's very like specific, like, it doesn't look like much if you can't read it. Hell yeah. So what's the book about? So it's written by a winter fairy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. That's awesome. And Billy knows that's like, well, it's obviously a really old book, mm-hmm. and that like to become a winter fairy... That's a really old spirit. And the book, it's a first person account. And it talks about the splitting of like the fairy from the spirit world. Because originally, that's what a fairy is, is it's a spirit that like rejected the natural laws of the spirit world. Whoa. And so they were ejected from the spirit world. And they just kind of exist between the spirit world and like the outer dark. Which makes sense why Billy can kind of manipulate magic. Yeah. yeah. And interact with demons. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. That's so cool. So the Fae is the space between the outer dark, the thaumic realm, the spirit world, and the material yeah. plane. It's sort of that in-between spot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their nature is chaotic, but not evil. Yeah. And they can move within things like fluidly like that so they can move between all the different realms sort of like billy could go to the spirit world you know he's but he's not a spirit so Uh he couldn't like he didn't transform into anything yeah Mm -hmm. okay all right cool 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 you gotta roll time to roll to learn because i want you to tell me about this this fairy like if depending on what you oh plus intelligence fuck are you kidding fucking god snake eyes holy shit one two (laughs) oh no Can we do it again? I wanted to know this no, so bad. No. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Wait, what? no, what we said 
yes. was that failure. Oh, you're still going to learn things, it's but I'm going to keep that failure for later. Oh, okay, so good. you're Dang not get, unfortunately you're not going to get any like actionable information out of it. Like Billy's not going to learn a new power or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we are going to hear the story about this fairy and hear about like how it came here, what it did. Oh yeah, it's just that like it talks about the breaking, like the exile of the fairies, mm-hmm. and they are cast away nowhere to go and so they lived in this like kind of like a shadow world of the spirit world like it was almost like a memory of like the landscape mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in that world the fairies like built it up themselves like you know i i miss i miss the trees i miss the flowers so they made their own versions of trees yeah that are kind of like it's kind of like a apple tree but it's like the like like the insides are silver or something like yeah. it's like different and things could change when they like wanted it to like when you were when you first met Perel and yeah. the birds were singing backwards oh yeah they were yeah yeah and over time the fairies became like better at that like at, at shedding their the natural laws that bound them oh, and so they learned cool. to play and like in that play like transform stuff just naturally like you know whatever they wanted or needed it could be anything yeah, you don't have to bend the rules. Yeah. There are no rules. Yeah, and in, and over time from that, they were able to slip into the physical world and play there. Mm-hmm. But they still, because I mean, we've talked about how they're, like Billy was bound to a tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but they still need that like anchor point. Yeah. yeah, so they can't like exist on their own as themselves. They have to like inhabit something like it could be like a house or a shoe. It could be a living plant or an animal. It could be ephemeral things, um, mm-hmm. but once that object is gone, uh, then they would be brought back to like the fairy realm, or they would have to find something else to inhabit. But Billy's able to stay permanently because he inhabited this child that was dying at the time. Yeah. So cool. Fucking cool. All right. What's Perel doing right now? Uh, he's going systematically from shelf to shelf, pulling volumes off and throwing them into his arms. And Perel is like, I've just been having the best time here i've okay but here okay i found something Mm -hmm. this is an accounting of another wizard named bradley Uh who had their connection to their thalmic power severed not in the same way not by their friend cutting through their neck with a shadow axe hey i saved your fucking life i don't want to talk about it right now you keep i don't want to talk you said you were fine with it Hmm. when we got here you said we worked through it and then you keep opening this thing back up (laughs) I'm working through a pretty devastating change in my life. I don't blame you, but you were certainly a key part of it. <laughs> you, that's, that's fair. No, it's not fair. Because yesterday when we all went out for ice cream, I asked for Tiger Tail, and you brought me back an empty cone and <laughs> said, this is how I feel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And now that you have felt the cone that does not hold the cream... <laughs> You know what it is like to be a wizard that does not hold their power. Perel, do you need to see a counselor? Yes, absolutely. I, I know one. <laughs> you can come see mine. She's great. Uh, I do not get mental health benefits through my job. What is your job? What is his job? It's oh a my dishwasher God. at the cafe. <laughs> Actually, I bet he does work at the cafe that yeah. he lives over. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like a prep guy. He just cuts vegetables. He's just a line cook. And he hates it because he has to do everything with his hands, like yeah. physically. Oh, it's he's infuriating. So bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could just turn this carrot into a sandwich if this was a year ago. And then, <laughs> and then Janet's like, listen, I'm tired of listening to this stuff. 
you gotta just do your job, man. <laughs> Cut it. That's what yeah. I'm paying you for. Uh, yeah. So he's talking about like, okay, here's a book that I found about uh, another wizard who lost connection to their power. Here's a book that contains a passage that I found about someone who was not a wizard who was imbued with thalmic energy. Mm. Uh-huh. Pretty incredible. What was their name? Gradley. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, you know what? It's pretty wild yeah. that the two books had such similar names. That's cool. I wonder if I need to change my name to an Adley sounding <laughs> name. Uh, and this, he found a third book. Uh, and this, this book is about uh, someone who was able to develop thalmic energy, develop the power, cultivate it from nothing. So I think I've got three pretty good directions that I can go in. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I'm going to stay for a little bit longer and read the books more. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. fine. For sure. So I'll see you all later. Sounds good. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And he gets like, he's so excited, but is that's dying away a little bit as he's thinking. And he's like, thank you so much for putting yourselves at such enormous risk to get me here. Oh, it's no big deal. We just had to swim through some poop. <sighs> yes, broadly, you did have to swim suit through some poop, but there was a lot of risk involved. Yeah. I know that you are putting your lives on the line for me. That's what friendship's like, you know? Sometimes you have to wade through shit. My friends in the past have traditionally not been the kinds to wade through shit for me. And I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate it. Tech grabs him by the shoulder, and he puts his hand in his pocket, and he pulls out the crumbled remains of the cone that he gave him, (laughs) and he gives it to him in his hand, and he's like, I wish that that was a more fulfilling gesture than it was. (laughs) And it's not even in his hand, it's on top of the three books that he's holding. I hope you can fill this up. (laughs) Get some cream in this. Said oh, that's what I thought you were, that's what <laughs> we're thinking you were saying. That's so funny. But you didn't. Yeah, no, Tuck didn't clue that in. Honestly, Billy said it. But Billy, oh, Billy said, said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy, I don't know. Puts his hand on top. On top. Because he thinks we're doing like a friendship hand thing. Mm-hmm. And Billy's standing on a shelf that's at shoulder level yeah. with Perel. He Cerno de Bergerac's the, the correct line into Tuck's head. <laughs> He's just like, just say this. I hope you can fill that up, the cone. That is such an incredible thing to say, Billy. Such a thing that just cut to the heart of the issue. Yeah. I wish someone else had said that. I'm just, you know, they probably have an ice cream machine here, so. (laughs) Oh, he means actual ice cream. (laughs) You mean actual ice cream. Yeah, what else would I mean? Don't worry about it, Billy. Okay. (laughs) Ving, do you have anything heartfelt that you'd like to share with me? I mean, no. I mean, the cream thing, I was going to say, yeah, cream. But I hope your cream fits in this cone. (laughs) But that sounded gross. Billy said it better, even though he meant ice cream. You know, I'm sure we didn't even really have to do this. I'm sure you guys know that I appreciate you. No, we had to do it. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go read some books and take some notes. I'm going to do some homework. Ving reaches forward and pulls the mustache off. You don't need this anymore, pal. I guess I don't have to hide anymore. He puts it on Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to need this 
because I'm stealing this book. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm stealing this book. <laughs> Are you actually stealing the book? Yeah. All right. Tricks of the trade. Yes. Oh, holy Eight. shit. Eight plus dexterity is 10. And what does 10 plus say on tricks of the trade? On uh, a 10 plus, I do it no problem. Yes. Damn. Okay. Cool. Uh, so it's not a huge book because it was written by a fairy. Yeah. Um. I guess you just slip it in your pack. Yep. Oman definitely knows that you took it, but he won't say a thing. <laughs> Will you, Oman? It is my duty. <laughs> thing shoots out of his face and he zips away into the cupboards. Oh, what? maybe use no. your last hold. Oh, my last hold. Oh, to charm yeah. an individual for a short time. Whoa, 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 wait, Oman. I'm just borrowing it. And he doesn't say anything. You, Ving. You hear him just kind of, or you watch him uh, curl up. He crawls into Billy's hair. Okay. And there's just a bookworm in Billy's hair now, but it's, it's he doesn't nice fly in, away. Yeah, it's nice in there, isn't it? it smells like cheese. You don't have to leave. <laughs> you, it, it was all a dream. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Billy, Billy gets away with this fairy book. Cool. Yes. This is going to come back to bite you, I can only assume. I don't care. It's the book of my people. <laughs> he, yeah, he deserves it. That's true. It belongs in a library. <laughs> it's in a library. Put it back. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll, and you guys are just heading back to your apartment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it, from the Margani library, it probably takes a while to oh. get back to your apartment. They actually do the blindfold thing, too. Oh, right. They just dump us on the street. I imagine it was sort of like the crowd from the lecture hall mm-hmm. is heading back on the same bus too and we get dropped off at like other buses so that people oh, don't know yeah. and then we're dropped off in like the center of the city totally yeah so it's a couple hours of them transferring you to different carts there's one that's pulled by a centaur who seems like a pretty chill dude he drags you around for a little bit you get into separate carts all the carts scatter all over the place there's a lot of shell game shenanigans tuck's trying to sherlock holmes <laughs> like figure out what is how to how what the path is by smells and tastes and yeah. stuff we passed by this one place it uses a specific kind of beer in the bathroom <laughs> can i you're gonna roll? actually try yes yeah. oh yeah i guess so smells. uh yeah i guess it would be the lore on smells i guess it would, no i guess it would be discerning realities oh. yeah wisdom to use your fucking brains to figure out where the library is okay here we go fuck four plus five <laughs> okay five Shit. you think there's without a shadow of a doubt that the library is beneath the biggest tetherball stadium in all of McCall <laughs> because they're all jacked they must play tetherball totally yeah there's no way that they don't they run the tetherball league and he's smelling the air and he's like yeah I can smell tetherballs yeah there's- I can smell balls <laughs> he showed that to everyone yeah. and he's trying to be kind of a dick to the guy that's driving the cart yeah. where he's like oh you're not gonna tell me where we're going well I'll tell everyone where we are and I'm like I smell balls we're near the tetherball court. <laughs> We're near the Fig Martha Memorial Tetherball Stadium. <laughs> and you got and like the driver looks around and it's just bare desert. You're just in the Alcoli desert right now. <laughs> he just went around the city. Yeah. And every once in a while he's like, Croissants. <laughs> We're in the bakery district now. <laughs> 
And the he library. Just, everything smells like shit to him, though. He's, he's coated in <laughs> he's shit. Covered he's in covered shit. in shit. Yeah. The smell does not work. Oh That's God. why you're only smelling food, because there's remnants of food in the town's shit. Uh, and yeah, you get dropped off, and they take your hood gets taken off, and you were just in a regular ass looking rickshaw with like a regular blindfold on, totally normal person pulling it, and you're just in the middle of the city. What? Wait, where did the centaur go? What centaur, governor? I'm taking you out for a drink on the town. People don't have accents like that here, but this guy does. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? My name's Gibbons. I came all the way from the principalities. I did. I had a dream to be a rickshawman, just like my grandfather before me. Wow. He tips his cap and he runs away. Oh, no. I wanted more information. Oh. He, he leaves you in the rickshaw. The rickshaw tips backwards <laughs> and you all fall out. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you're just in the middle of the city and it's nighttime. And you can tell you're in cliffside because of the, the nighttime glow of all the neon signs. Oh, what, what should we do, guys? I mean, get cleaned up, get a rest, have some eat, go talk to a thing. Let's go to a bathhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I Great guess, idea. Yeah, let's go to a bathhouse. We look like shit i feel like cash is gonna get really mad if it's two nights in a row that we're covered in shit okay yeah, that was what i was gonna ask why not just go home and shower but it's because you don't want to make cash mad uh okay so you're going to a bathhouse mm-hmm. is there a particular bathhouse that the crew goes to i guess we're going to kind of a nicer one because we're treating ourselves because we actually did a good job for once yeah, yeah. we're like high-fiving we on the way yeah good, great job you stole that book bell bell that's yeah. amazing Shh. and i <laughs> and i tore this page out of the book i was looking at oh what does it say it's about how warlocks are in the thing it's a table of contents unfortunately you just ripped out the table of contents (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck that's not not useful (laughs) i put the table of contents back (laughs) in my bag it'll help us find it next time we go to the library (laughs) but it won't help you find the chapter because tuckle's definitely going to lose that table of contents (laughs) Uh, yeah, so you go to a um, place that is called the... The... Summer Flower oh. Bathhouse and Spa. <laughs> and that one is in the lower ward. The lower ward? What? It's the nicer one. We want to go to the nicer wow. one. Wow. Okay, so you're taking uh, various forms of transport. You actually go down into the deep ward. You catch a tram. That takes you all the way out of the cliff cool. into the lower ward. Uh-huh. And this it's cool because the lower ward has its own tram station. Like it's above ground. Uh-huh. It's very fancy. Uh-huh. Lots of cool like wrought metal oh. uh, things with like flower designs. They have roofs with f- like flowers like yeah. grown into it. And, nice. the, and the roofs all have... Um, Windows like windows in the top that have very elaborate sun designs Ooh. and like fire motifs and all that. Yeah, with sunglass. Sunstone. Ooh, oh, yeah. Beautiful sunstone. Oh, Many smaller pieces. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the one in the lighthouse is gigantor, but there's like fancy little like mm-hmm. lamps and stuff made of, out of sunstone down here. I think the uh, like it's fire is like high class. Sunstone, yeah. super high class. Totally. Like, yeah. And so those are the two light sources down here. But you're 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 um, struck by the number of open flames that you see. There's like braziers, torches, lamps, and it's all just fire. Oh my god! With the occasional sunstone thing, like the here and there. And, and there's salt statues. Oh yes. Okay. So I was actually thinking they might ring the bay, mm-hmm. like they're along the inside of so the bay wall. Huge statues. Oh, yeah. How big are they? Yeah. Uh oh. Like so, how tall is the the cliff again? Like ninety feet. Yeah, let's say 90, 100 feet. Yeah, so the cl- the statues are about that big. Like, I think the heads of some of the statues almost reach the top of the cliff. To cliffside? Yeah. Whoa. 
they're gigantic. They're monolithic. Mm-hmm. They're enormous, and they oh. depict the various prophets of fire that have lived throughout the years. Does the torch of McCall? count as a prophet of fire no he is a different entity altogether okay so actually that was a question that i had because we've talked about the we talked about the prophet of fire a million years ago mm-hmm. i figure there have been a bunch since then mm-hmm. like maybe six or seven sure and they they're the prophet like from childhood to their death mm-hmm. how do people know that they're the prophet of fire Has something happened to them i think it's like some dalai lama stuff like there are tests that they administer to potential children and if the children make the right random choices they're like ah yes this is the next prophet of fire mm-hmm. like if some kid's mobile burns down they're like oh he might yeah, be the next yeah. prophet of fire <laughs> exactly a lot, of a lot of arsonists i guess yeah totally <laughs> okay how about this so since so much of the religion of the flame is about enduring hardship mm-hmm. most of the prophets of fire have been from poor working class families Whoa. but the most recent one is from the lower ward oh whoa and it's considered oh, like, like strange like the like the really pious that aren't wealthy people are like that's kind of fucked i don't know about this yeah. but they're not open about that because of course it's the prophet you don't say that kind of stuff and that came kind of about the time that like the political Tor- shift yeah happened the torch took over mm-hmm. and he was given a mandate to like exterminate demons yeah find the next prophet Mm -hmm. right and the the torch found this child so the torch is the one that found this kid no that's right so the torch it it, again it is not an unusual thing because it's usually the like it's usually the jinn that find him what are jinn sorry oh so i've have i talked about jinn yet no okay so jinn were an idea that i had for like a cool kind of priest cast i guess so a long time ago the story goes that the god of the flame bound the jinn to be like his emissaries and priests so jinn traditionally in mythology have like bodies of smokeless fire they're just like beings made of fire which the god of the flame was like hell yeah (laughs) i'm all about that so they could interact with humanity the god of the flame created for them bodies of fired clay Hmm. so they have these very elaborate bodies that look like ornate suits of armor but made out of like ceramic uh, not glazed, pretty rough, but like earthenware. Des- earthenware, but the designs are very intense and elaborate. But they look like um, walking suits of clay armor with fire flickering inside them. Okay, yeah, cool. So usually the jinn identify the new prophet. Yeah, but, but this time the torch did. Whoa! Oh man, it's it, just wrought with power imbalances. Yeah, cool. So the the summer flower bathhouse. You arrive at its beautiful tiled front gate and you just walk in. What's your usual uh, order when you go to a bathhouse? Oh, we've never been to one this fancy, but I would like, <laughs> hello, hello, uh, uh, madam. Hello. Hello. Us three would like to order a bath. We have many packages that involve bathing. Oh, pa- packages. Okay. <laughs> I've never been to one with choices. Please gaze ye upon our menu posted here on the wall. What would, be the, what would be the best one for, like, uh, a night spent in and around a sewer? Mm. <laughs> you would be looking for one which draws upon the toxins of the body, pulling them out of the flesh and skin and so. And for that, I could only recommend our finest herbal mud soaks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do you guys do laundry? 
peels off the shit soaked yeah. merino wool. But of course, uh, you, thank you. Do you guys have lockers? I have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, young master. Cool. It will be five coins per. Cool. Sure. That's no fine. problem. Yeah. Guys, just blowing your whole per diem? Yeah. <laughs> Why we got it. So she takes the coins, leads you through the bathhouse, and you enter a beautiful chamber full of um, beautiful and seemingly very old uh, baths carved out of the finest sandstones, glazed with the most beautiful glazes, and bubbling with the richest, most earthy ba- uh, muds with which to soak your tired bones. And just at the very end of the chamber is Cash. Cash is at the bathhouse. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, he's getting his nails. He's getting a mani-pedi. And he hears the doors open and he briefly lifts op- lifts a cucumber off his eye and looks to see who it is. Hey, Cash! What's we're, up? We're all waving at him. We're like, we came here to give you a night away from us. And he sinks below the surface of the mud. <laughs> oh, he looks relaxed. And I think that's where we're going to end it for this week. Cool. I've been your game master, Sean O'Hara, joining me as always playing Tacoma Dome the Barbarian Abdulaziz so long playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid Paul Oppers take care and playing Fat Billy the Halfling Thief Jessica Ty bye thanks to Aaron Reed for our intro and outro music which thrills chills and spills the great feelings every time Uh, (laughs) spills 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 feelings and thank you to all of our amazing supporters the world round you can find us at Spoutlore most places on the internet including patreon.com slash spoutlore or spoutlore.com slash money please we'll see you next time bye bye so long and so ends the tale of adventures three who tried the best they can though dumb and scared and lost they be for times abreast in revelry Though our journey may be like a conclusion We will not leave you without a resolution Return next week to hear some more Whilst you commute or do your chores And for you